and good evening and welcome to another episode of Religions, Regimes and Refugees, their multicultural mess and secular scam. My friends, thank you so much for joining me. I hope you had a great weekend wherever you are and you're ready for a brand new week. Um, we wish you peace. I wish you safety, pleasure um, and everything you, you'd like for your week. Um, so today on this podcast, we're going to talk about something about related to economics and religion okay how did the americans killed the bison and the buffalo um in america uh why did they kill the buffalo who are the buffalo what is the economics behind this what has it to do with india um well the buffalo were an animal um that was native that was native to the to the american continent north america and there were species that roamed in their millions okay uh that's what the native americans fed on uh, they killed the buffalo uh you know only which what they needed okay only that buffalo that they needed for meat for their for their hides for their fur and and they left the rest of the buffaloes to go on to 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 um to breed they only killed what they needed nothing more but the buffalo on the american continent was their hunt it was their way of survival without that they had nothing I mean, there was other animals, but this was the biggest animal that we, they needed. Their fur was so uh, important for the winters, the cold winters of the Americas. And the buffalo was central to the existence of the Native Americans on the planet, on, on, the, on the North Americas. However, uh, they have almost disappeared and they were killed by the United States Army um, and they were killed by militaries and hunters. Okay, uh, so I'm going to tell you the story of it and why it's important for India. So in, in March, in May of 2016, President, um, President Obama signed a National Bison Legacy Act, making the American bison or the buffalo, as it's more uh, often called, the national mammal. It was only the second animal to represent the U.S. joining the bald eagle. It's ironic, of course, because of, at one time American settlers and hide hunters killed the animal to near extinction and tourists shot the animals from the windows of trains as if the slaughter would last forever. Buffalo had once numbered more than 30 million on the Amer in the North Americas and by the end of the 19th century, there were a few hundreds in the wild. Today, some 20,000 to 25,000 remain in public herds. Many things contributed to the buffalo demise. One factor was that of a long time, uh, that for a long time, the country's highest generals and politicians and even the president, um, uh, Olsis Grant, saw the destruction of the buffalo as the solution to the country's Indian problem. What is the Indian problem, my friend? The Indian problem are the Native Americans of um of the americas they call them indians because christopher columbus uh, when he he landed in america um you know um he thought he had reached india so he called the natives indians and that's why the indian problem so uh, 
the Christopher Columbus and his gang wanted to take over the Americas, uh, make it, um, you know, a Christian country, take over as part of the empire. And, and uh, they, had to dis- they had to destroy the natives because the natives were savages. They called the Native uh, Americans savages. And because they were savages and they were not very Christianized, they had to either convert them or, um, or kill them or destroy them and inhaliate them. That is what Abrahamic ideologies are. Um, kill anyone who does not really ally, ally with your, your point of view, your worldview, and, or convert them. And that's how the world will be saved. And the world will go to heaven instead of going to hell. And, and we will all, all be free. So destroy your enemies, basically. Uh, not ignorance, destroy your enemies. Um, and everyone who doesn't support your worldview is, um, is, is pagan. They're either pagan or they're heretic. They don't believe in Jesus or they don't believe in any of your Abrahamic faiths. You either go to hell. Um, so that was the Indian problem. Okay. Um, they destroyed and, and destroyed the Native American culture. So um, there was one general called uh, William Tecumseh Sherman. He had joined, uh, there was another, and there was another one called Buffalo Bill, okay, very famous of the 19th century. So these two gentlemen before uh, Sheridan uh, and Cody and the New, York, uh, New Yorkers on hunts, uh, before, um, they saw the reloca- before Sheridan saw the relocation of Native Americans on the plains, he was a major general for the Union during the Civil War. It was there that he learned the power of destroying enemy resources. Uh, he used the same scorched earth strategy uh, that William, um, sorry, uh, I apologize, I'm going to start all over again. Before Sheridan joined Cody, uh, that's Buffalo Bill, and the New York Hunters um, on the relocation um, on the hunt, and before he saw the relocation of Native Americans on the plains, he was a major general of the Union during the Civil War. It was there that Sheridan learned the power of destroying enemy resources. Uh, It was... um, here that he used the same scorched earth strategy that William Sherman, okay, a major general uh, um, who, who was a major general um, and who used this, his, used this in his march to sea, tearing up railroads, ties, toppling telegraph poles and lightning nearly all of Atlanta and anything in the in- infantryman could digest a blaze. After the war, President Grant and Sherman and Sheridan to command, uh, sorry, President Grant asked Sherman and Sheridan to command armies in the Great Plains. Sherman knew that as long as the Sioux hunted buffalo, they would never surrender to life with a plow. Uh, So this was manifest destiny and there'd never be enough room for Native Americans and white settlers. In In the treaty after renegotiated, the land granted to the tribes the Great Plains sunk. The U.S. wanted them docile to take up farming on the reservations and stay put. But the Sioux and the Kiowa and the uh, uh, Comanches, nearly all the tribes of the plains, lived 
along buffalo herds and took from them their skin for tents, their meat for food. When miners discovered gold in Montana in some of the best hunting grounds in the country, the Sioux fought the white settlers rushing to extract yet another profitable resource from their land. That escalated into a small war and eventually that was called the Fetterman Fight, named after the U.S. Army captain leading the troops. The Sioux Captain Fetterman and all 80 of his men. At that time, it was the worst loss for the U.S. that had ever suffered on the Great Plains. In 1868, Sherman and a peace commission signed uh, the f at the Fort uh, Laramie Treaty with the Sioux and outlined for them a reservation. Part of the treaty also allowed the Sioux to hunt buffalo north of the Platte River. Among the same land where Coley and and New Yorkers would hunt three years later. Sherman hated the idea. He was utterly opposed to that clause of the treaty. He was determined to clear the Central Plain regions between the Platte and the Arkansas of Indians so that the railroads, stage lines and telegraph could operate unmolested. Sherman knew that as long as the Sioux hunted buffalo, they'd never surrender to life with the plow. In a letter to Sheridan in 1868, Sherman wrote that as long as the buffalo roamed the, those parts of Nebraska, Indians will go there. I think it would be wise to invite all the sportsmen of England and America that, it, that there is this fall for a great buffalo hunt and make one grand sweep of them all. But by now, buffalo that had once covered the Great Plains were hewn into two giant herds, one in the north and one in the south. Still, the brown herds would overwhelm, and when Sheridan asked the traders how many buffalo he thought lived in the southern herd, he, a man said 10 billion. Obviously, that was absurd. But if the army planned to slaughter all the buffalo and starve the tribes into submission, it'd take more and more time in men than Sheridan had. Still, there's evidence he thought of its best option. In October 1868, Sheridan wrote to Sherman that the best hope to control the Native Americans was to make them poor by destruction of their flock and settle them on the lands allotted to them. That means take away their food, starve them to death, take away their economics and force them onto reservations. Once they were forced onto reservations, they had to farm because they had nowhere else to go and no way to survive. It is the, 18th, the 19th century version of the Nazi Holocaust. So whatever happened to the Jews, what happened to the uh, native Indians and their buffalo? The Scotch Dutch policy means take away their economics, take away their food, take away their way to survive, and they would have to give in. Soon Sherman would have help, but as long as, but along with the Fort Laramie Treaty, the U.S. had also signed the Medicine Lodge Treaty in 1867 with tribes in the South. So for the moment, the Indians Indian War had paused. In the lull, in Enlisted men like Cody found other ways to stay busy and to make money. Cody joined the cavalry at 17 and earned the name Buffalo Bill. Because in one month um, stretch, he claimed to have killed 4,200 buffalo. In 1870, a bull hide sold for $3.50. Um... um 
And every time, uh, and, and every bullet was 25 cents. So every time I fired one, I got my invest in ba investment back 12 times over. Buffalo was slow grazing, four-legged bank rolls. And for a while, there were plenty. Then in 1873, an economic depression hit the country. And, was easier way it, and what easier way was there to make money than to chase down the ungainly beast? Those thousands of buffaloes runners came, uh, sorry, thousands of buffalo runners came, sometimes averaging 50 kills a day. They sliced their humps, skinned their hides, stole out their tongues, and left the rest on the prairies to rot, which meant that they had to kill more. In towns, hides rose in stacks as tall as houses. This was not enough this was not the work of the army it was the private industry but that doesn't mean the army officers and generals couldn't lean back and look at it with satisfaction i read that army commanders were even providing bullets to these hunters and a professor said a professor of history in temple university the military looked at what the private sector was doing and they didn't do anything more but to stand back and watch Eisenberg said that though it was never official policy uh, to kill buffalo in order to control Native Americans on the plains, the army was certainly conspicuous about it, and l at least in action. They were extremely explicit. Herds became harder to find. In some prairies, they completely vanished. The buffalo runners sent two men to Fort Dodge, Kansas, to ask the colonel where there was what the penalty was if the Skinners crossed into Texas uh, Panhandle and onto reservation land. The Medicine Lodge Treaty said no white settlers could hunt there. But what were the remaining? Bu what? But that's where the remaining buffalo had gathered. Lieutenant Colin, uh, Colonel Ridge, Richard Dodge met with two men and remembered. Uh, one of them saying, "Boys, if I were buffalo hunter, I would hunt buffalo with buffalo arm." The next decade, the hide hunters exterminated nearly every buffalo. Colonel Dodge would later write that uh, where the myriads of buffalo the years before now were myriads of carcasses. The air was foul with stink sickening stench and the vast plain which only, which only a short 12 months before teemed with animal life was dead in a solitary desert. The wasted wasteland was so scattered with the bones of dead animals and buffaloes that the prairie felt like a graveyard. One judge called it a charnel house with so many skulls staring at man, so many bones that newcomers felt nervous. During the hard drought with no buffaloes left, settlers and natives hunted their bones, selling them for fertilizer. Um, one reporter who asked the railroad, railroad worker says, do the Indians make a living gathering bones? Yes, replied the railroad inspector, but it's, it is a mercy that they can't eat bones. We'd never be able to control the savages until the supply, the supply of meat was cut off. Some men saw the future, and even before the buffalo runners had wiped out almost every animal and the U.S. Army had to protect the last remaining wild herd in Yellowstone, National Park Conservationist lobbied Congress to pass a bill to save the buffalo. It did not sit well with Sheridan. No record exists of his words, but one hide hunter later said Sheridan had defended the industry to legislatures by saying, 
these men have done in the last two years and will do more in the next year to settle and vex the Indian question than the entire regular army has done in the last 30 years. Congress passed the bill to protect the buffalo in 1875, but President Grant refused to sign it. The peace treaties had failed, and in the same year, uh, in what was called Red River War, the U.S. beat back the Comanche, Kiowa, Cheyenne, and Arapacho tribes on the southern plains and forced them into reservations. Without the buffalo, the U.S. government delivered cattle to some tribes. Um, when the Ogakala Lakota in the north mounted horses and killed the cows in ritual, um, as they had the buffalo on the prairie hunts, the government stopped sending live cows and instead shipped meat from nearby slaughterhouses. The Lakota burnt the slaughterhouses down, but that was all some time away. It'd be another four years before the Buffalo Protection Bill died, uh, and the Native Americans resigned to reservations from when Cody and the U.S. Army and the men from New York stood on the grassy hill in that unusually warm September of 1871, above the Platte River in Nebraska. Cody and, and the men had encircled their horses around the herd until there was a downwind. A buffalo can weigh 2,000 pounds, run 35 miles per hour, and, and quickly pivot to fight with horns that can rip like uh, anything. When the men were close enough, Cody gave the signal to charge. He and the men from New York thundered towards the sixth buffalo, hoping to win the silver trophy uh, exited to kill. Um, as one man wrote, the buffalo, as usual, took one good look at his enemies and then, wheeling around and stretching their tails straight in the air, set off full gallop in Indian file, at a pace that tested the best powers of the horses to surpass. Just as they started, our main body emerged from its concealment and had a full view of the whole hunt, a more exciting, interesting sight to, the, to those new on the plains. Uh, on came the six huge buffalo, one behind the other, all running towards together as regularly as if they, as if kept in their places by some rule of drill. And close behind them were the hunters, each horse doing its best. Now one leading, and the and then the other, as though it hotly contested a race. By the end of it all, the buffalo had disappeared. Um, there was they were almost extinct, but. Um, but yes, uh, today there are 20,000 to 25,000 uh, controlled herds. But they were about 30 million one time. So they were slaughtered within a couple of years in order to starve the native Indians. And that is how, my dear friends, they uh, inheliated the native race. There are about only 10 million, 9 million Native Americans in um in 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 um in america and not 1.8 million in canada approximately plus or minus um so this is what's called a scorched earth policy where you you isolate people you starve them off their economics you starve them off their food their hunt their ability to survive their their uh, their lack of gaining employment their lack of gaining uh, food resources take off the uh, the food chain cut off the food chain starve them to death and then they have to f then then 
they will have to submit to you. And that's exactly what's going on in uh, in the northeast in Manipur. Uh, in that's exactly what's went on in Haryana in Nu. That's the violence. Their goal was to starve off the Indians in uh, the mighty in in Manipur. Their goal was to starve off to kill and destroy the Hindus of Nu and in Haryana uh, and in Gurgaon. And uh, the, one day they would take over the land. This is exactly what has happened in in uh, in um, in Afghanistan. There is exactly what has happened in Pakistan, and it's happening in India. Um, this is what they call Christianity or Abrahamic God, the perfect God, the best God, the the superb God, the one and only God, the true God. This is how they spread religion all over the planet. This is why I say religions and regimes, okay? Because religions are political empires. They are not have nothing to do with God. Behind every religion, there's a power outfit looking for land, looking for power, looking for money, looking to take control. But what they don't understand is their cycles of life. They don't understand that there's no up and up and blow. There's no heaven or hell. That you cannot just, uh, you know, pray to God and believe in some book and pretend that he's come to see you. And if you sing his names 20,000 times, you'll go to heaven and he will definitely save you from hell. You don't understand that there's no such thing as God. There is a creator. The creator is a magnetic field. And the entire universe, the electromagnetic energy of this universe has photosynthesized into mass, into, into forms of life, species of life, uh, flora and fauna. And at its core, we are cyclic. We're absolutely cyclic. Whatever goes up will go down. If you annihilate someone... Okay, whatever your label, whatever your ideology, whether you inhaliate someone, or take away life, you give the key to someone to do the same thing to you. And so you may be in power on the top, but when your sun will set on your, on, on your ideology, and when the sun sets, someone will do the same thing to you. Now, look at them in the US today. There is, they are di starving of food. There is no food. They literally, people are on the streets, no homes. Uh, there is a homelessness crisis. There's a drug crisis. The Native Americans on reserves with no homes. Their, their homes are, 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 are broken. Uh, are the homes are full of drugs. Their homes are full of holes. Uh, they're, they're, they're not heated. They're overcrowded. Um, they have no money. Their reservations in which their homes are built are full of drugs, infested with drugs. And their only goal of the United States is to either kill the Indian and save the man. That means convert the Indian into Christianity and get him off the reservation, assimilate him into the American lifestyle where he will be... Um, uh, he will be Americanized and uh, taken off from his land, taken off, disconnected from his roots, disconnected from the from the energies of the earth, and from his ability to to uh, to to lead a life of dignity. 
and destroy the Native American race. That is their goal. That was always the goal. And obviously to take over the land because theirs was a, a, you know, supposedly a better civilization. But look at them today. They starved people to death. They starved the natives to death. They killed, they call a genocide on the buffalo. Okay. Kill every buffalo if you can. Every buffalo dead is an Indian gone. That, my dear friends, is what General Sherman in the United States, who was responsible for developing the strategy for conquering the plains of uh, in um, U.S. plains, that means the central central U.S. Uh, not the, not the you know um, west coast or the east coast, the central plains, uh, where Indians uh, from the Indians, and to clear the plains from the Union for the Union Pacific and the Kansas Pacific Railroad by annihilating the buffalo population of the plains. Um, as long as the buffalo are, are, are up there, Republican Indians, uh, uh, sorry, Indians will go there. When I say Indians, I mean Native Indians, and it would. Um, Yes, so that is exactly what their policy was. Um, my dear friends, uh, this, and I'm, I'm trying to tell you this because um, I, I want to show you how this hypocrisy of this Abrahamic groups of people ideology who pretend that everyone's fascist, the Hindus are fascist, Modi's is fascist, Modi's this, Hindu Hindutva is fascist, Hindutva is this and Hindutva is that, but they have done everything that they point the fingers at. They have destroyed cultures, civilizations, they have destroyed um uh, animals, uh, they have destroyed, uh, committed genocide for the last 3,000 years. And this, my dear friend, is not something that happened uh, like 5,000 years ago. I'm talking of this in the la later part of the 19th century. That means from the 1960s to 70s onwards. Um, and they take off your economics and they will starve you to death. So when you are looking at Manipur, and, you, and, in the, and the Christians are crying, the church is crying, the European Union is crying. Oh my God, the Hindus, the fascists, the Modi, all the Hindus, they're such fascist people. They're not tolerant, they're intolerant, they're against minorities. You, this, is, this is the scam that they're talking about. Ask the US and ask the same godforsaken uh, finger-pointing American um, state and all the churches of the world, what they did to the Native Americans in the US. The scorched earth policy where they committed a genocide, not only on the Native Americans, but on the buffalo, which was their hunt, which was the only way they survived uh, for thousands and thousands of years. 30 million buffaloes gone. Um, so that is not genocide, that is not fascism, that is not theft, that is not colonialism, that is not invasion. Forcing people to convert to Christianity, if you don't convert, you will starve to death, we will not give you any food. And because they didn't have any food, they didn't have any buffalo, they did not even have clothes because the buffalo hide was their, their coat, their, the way that they kept themselves warm in the winters. So without the buffalo hide, they had 
nothing. They were freezing to death. And the Americans did not care. All they wanted was for them to assimilate. When they assimilated, all they wanted for them was not only to assimilate, but they wanted for them to, be, uh, to become Christian. As long as they became Christian and as, as long as they assimilated, they would, be, they would survive. If not, kill the Indian, but save the child. And this is what they're doing in Manipur. They, they cut off Manipur and they cut off the Northeast from the Indian mainland for 60 years. They cut it off. Then they lost power. Then they ran Sorry, they ran uh, groups, they ran uh, drug cartels and made money off those drugs and sold those drugs on the Indian subcontinent. Drug cartels. Then they forced, then they isolated the people and, con and forced them to convert to Christianity. And they said, well, if you want a better life, if you want to get out of the poverty, you have to, only God can help you, Jesus can save you, and so you have to convert to Christianity. Once they give you, they convert you to Christianity, they feed you with anger and anxiety against your fellow Hindu, uh, uh, against your brethren if they are Hindu and if they don't convert. So your duty is not only to convert to Christianity to, to, to gain employment, to gain education and to gain um, uh, subsistence and to have work, but your job is also to make sure that you convert fellow Hindus, those who were your brothers, those who were your tribesmen, those who you lived with for all these years you're supposed to convert them and if you don't convert them they, they, you will be dead so not only they have to they they incite fear they incite anger they incite uh, violence they incite hatred against your own fellow tribesmen they they feed you with ammunition and they ask then they tell you to convert these people you have to convert and convert and if you don't convert you will pay the price with your life, with your employment, with things like that. And that's why there was violence in Manipur. That is what the church and the missionaries are up to. Why? Because they want to starve you off your employment, starve you off your food. And then they say, oh, look, we are minorities. The Hindus are fascists. The Hindus are this. The Hind this is the work of the church. They, there's a precedence for this. There's a precedence for this in North America. There's a precedence for this in, in in, in the US, in Canada, um, there's a precedence for this everywhere. And unfortunately, it's happening again. Because we don't know history, history will repeat itself because we are currents and waves. It's our currents that form the waves. We know now, we see this, we know now what the problem is. We know now how it's affecting us. We know that it happened before. And these people who are lying, the European Union, who is trying to show the world that Hindus are fascists, they refuse to have the guts and the courage to tell you that they have done this all over Africa. They've done this all over the Americas. Their fascism, uh, all over Arabia, uh, the, the Islamic invaders have done this all over Asia, wherever they've invaded, and done exactly the same scorched earth policy. They take away your land, they call you kafir, and they say, if you do not convert, we'll kill you or you will put taxes on you. And that's why we had to convert. Uh, and this is where it's come from. So there's a precedence for this. That 3,000 years of fascism now rebranded as religion is what's causing the problem in Manipur and causing the problem in Haryana. Let me tell you something, my friends. These people in these two, two sides, two flanks of, the plan, uh, of India... Um, 
they that one they they have the Muslims in 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 Haryana had um, had weapons had NATO style weapons that Christian uh, cookies in in um, in America in Northeast had NATO style weapons. These are not ordinary weapons you can get from somewhere from some drug mafia. These are NATO style weapons. How did they get hold of NATO style weapons? Well, guess what. They did it because they're being fed these weapons by some groups. The same groups who are calling you fascist. The same groups who are trying to pretend that they are, they are minorities. They are not minorities. They are the ones causing the problem. And they are the ones trying to put Narendra Modi down so that you, you can give them their vote and they can continue doing that to you, annihilating you, destroying your civilization as they destroyed the Americas. And look at what's happening in America right now. There's no food. There's no employment. There's a drug uh, p- pandemic going on. People are on drugs. People don't have uh, money for, uh, for education. This is what they killed the natives for? This is what they destroyed the native race? Is this what they destroyed uh, uh, the buffalo for? Is this, is this is what their ultimate goal was? Where is their God now? Where is their Jesus Christ? Where is their Muhammad? Where is the the Muhammad for the war in Yemen? Where is the Muhammad for the war in Africa among the American the Africans? Where is the where, where is the Muhammad? Where is the Jesus? But they have to they have the guts to blame the Prime Minister Modi and and this fellow Rahul Gandhi is trying to say well he's here to support the Manipuris. He was not here to support the Manipuris when there was an economic blockade during the Congress era, when the drug caravans were roaming during the Congress era. He's not, he was not there when the church was converting the Manipuris during, during the Congress era. Why? So that they could be on drugs? So that they could, they could inhaliate the Vedic population, the Vedic civilization? To, to replace it with some uh, colonial hangover, to replace it with some godforsaken Marxism. And look what has happened. There's, there's nothing, there was no economics, but there's a drug-infested country that is India has become. Well, unless you understand the, the history behind it as what these Abrahamic groups have done to the planet, made it an Abrahamic refugee factory. Wherever they go, there's war. Wherever they go, there is drugs. Wherever they go, there's violence. There's a reason behind this. Because they take you away from the land, from your connection with the land, your knowledge of the land. The moment you don't have the knowledge, you you're, you fill that void with drugs, violence, and, and this is what happens. So... It's important to understand history, to find the solution, to go forward. And that's why Narendra Modi is giving us economics. Because without economics, you will have nothing. As I'm going to put a link into my podcast, I'm going to give you that link. And as one Pakistani, very intelligent Pakistani said, the, the currency for diplomacy is economics. You don't have economics. You have no currency. That is important. So the prime minister is giving us back the economics. With that, you have the democracy. You have the diplomacy. You have the power to survive and then no one can touch you. But this is why the Abrahamic groups want to take away your economics. They want to destroy your economics so they they can destroy the Vedic civilization. Without economics, there's no civilization. So we have to stand up and understand what's going on in order to find that solution. On that note, my friends, I wish you peace. I wish you healing. And I wish that 
you find um, that you have a better week and a better day going forward. Thank you so much. Have yourself a great day.